0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and with your prayer requests. We'd love to pray with you and pray for you, and we would love to hopefully answer some of those questions you have. Maybe you've been reading the Bible, and there are things you've read that you don't fully understand or you're curious about knowing more about. I would love to speak with you about those things and hopefully answer those questions, and I'm sure that everybody listening would benefit as well. So give me a call 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- or you can text us at 720-336-0897 once again the text line 720-336-0897 i want to welcome those of you who are listening in colorado and wyoming on grace fm welcome to the program you're hearing the show live today and it is by the way wednesday january 6th today so you are hearing this show live We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We also want to welcome those on... Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So great to have these stations also broadcasting our show to our listeners there who can then get to be part of this kind of interactive show where you get to call in with your questions and your prayer requests. And I would love to hear from you. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East coast and in the area around Tennessee on Truth FM, you're hearing this program on a one week delay as opposed to those in Colorado and uh, Wyoming listening on Grace FM, who are hearing the show live. Those on the East Coast and in Tennessee, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. So we just want you to know that and keep it in mind. But we still want to hear from you. We want to take your calls and hear your Bible questions. We want to pray for your prayer requests. So do give us a call, and you will have, uh, those of you who listen on delay, you will have a unique opportunity where you will be able to know that your question is going to air on the radio in your hometown there um, one week from today, which means that you'll have the opportunity to invite some people to join you and to listen in. And maybe that's a great way for you to introduce them to Christian radio and to see their life change through it. One of the things that we hear a lot about here at Grace FM from our listeners contacting us is about how God has used this station to affect their lives and change their lives, help them grow in their knowledge of the Lord. And so this might be an opportunity for You to introduce someone to the station, but however you're listening, we would love it if you would contact others and and share the the word about Grace FM and about Calvary Live in particular. Um, Get the word out there about it. Hey, we also want to greet those who are listening outside of our broadcast areas over the air broadcasts. We want to greet those who are listening online. I know we have many who do that. In fact, I was just contacted right before the show by a friend from hungary who is tuning in right now so welcome to you his name is bolash bolash welcome glad to have you tuning in from hungary i know there are so many others who are listening uh, outside of our broadcast area over the internet in um, europe in parts of africa and asia as well as all over the united states and so welcome to you who are tuning in online we're so glad to have you with us and if you are out there and you don't yet have our mobile app on your on your phone or on your tablet really encourage you to do that it's totally free and it is available for both Apple and Android products and you can get that and then you can tune in anywhere in the United States anywhere in the world to not only this show but all the other great programming on Grace FM uh, via the app and it is free so just type in Grace FM into the App Store or Google Play Store for your device it'll come right up put it on your device and you'll be all set to go So welcome to those of you who are tuning in. Again, the number to call with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, 720-336-0897 is the text line. Here at the beginning of the show is always a great time to call in because We don't have any callers here at the beginning of the show, so we're waiting for those lines to fill up over these first couple minutes as you call in with your questions and your prayer requests. So now would be a good time. Maybe you've been sitting on a question for a while and wondering about it. Well, this is the opportunity for you to call in. Maybe you have something that's heavy on your heart and a prayer request. Uh, For example, I know that right now there are some uh, heavy things going on in Washington, D.C., With the election and the protesters, we know the protesters have broken into the White House, and so we're going to pray for all of those things here. I'm sorry, not the White House, into the Capitol building, and we're going to pray for those things um, here in just a moment. But before we get into that, as we wait for some more calls to come in, let me just introduce myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado, and we are a Calvary Chapel and Calvary Global Network affiliated church here in this city. And um, we've been here for uh, the church has been here for over 10 years. I've been pastoring here for eight years now and uh, very, very blessed to be here. We just moved into a new facility in March. So if you uh, haven't been to our church in person or maybe you haven't been in a while, we'd love to have you. We just moved into a great facility. The Lord opened up a great place for us here in the city. And we are right on Highway 119, which is kind of the main highway in from I-25 into Longmont and then Boulder. And we would love to have you come and worship with us if you are within driving distance of Longmont. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. We're right across the street, directly north of Sandstone Ranch. <clears throat> excuse me, Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is, uh, you know, big baseball field and soccer complex here in Longmont as well as we there's a skate park there and so we are just opposite there on the north side of the highway whereas that's on the south side of highway 119 and so very visible from the highway if you're ever traveling just look to the north side of the highway as you're heading um, between county line road and i-25 and you will definitely see us we got a huge sign that is visible from the highway and we'd love it if you would uh, come and worship with us sometime or check us out online our website is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com, and you can uh, check us out on social media as well. We're on all the major social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and um, we broadcast our services for those of you who want are looking for church online. We broadcast our services on Sunday mornings at nine thirty and 11 a.m., but we have three in-person services, and those are at 8 a.m., 9 30 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you join us. Bring your mask and we are social distancing and wearing our masks and trying to keep a safe but yet welcoming and worshipful environment on Sunday mornings. So we'd love to have you. We have children's ministry at our 930 service, you need to pre-register for that, but we, we do have availability for that, and you can register for that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So we'd love to have you if you're in Longmont or in any of the surrounding communities, whether it's Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, if you're in Mead or in Berthet, Erie, Lafayette, Boulder, Niwot, um, if you're in... Uh, um, Lions, we'd love to have you come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. More, direct, more information and directions, everything's available, as well as you can listen to some of our past studies on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And we're currently in a new study. We started it last week. We, we've been in, you know, what we, we usually do is we study through books of the Bible. And so we've been studying through 1st and 2nd Kings, but for Christmas, we took a break from that, and now we're taking another break from it before we get back into it. For these first three Sundays of 2021, we're doing a series on vision, which is kind of funny because I was joking with somebody the other day about how, how funny it is, you know, that at the beginning of 2020, all these churches did series, including our church, by the way, a uh, series about 2020 vision, right? Clear vision moving forward. What is it that God's calling us to do? And yet none of us envisioned what 2020 had uh, to offer to us. And as far as the pandemic went and as far as all of the disruptions and all the difficulties that came uh, for us as a society. And so why would we do another series on vision? Well, because the way that we look at vision is we're actually not looking at what are the things that we are planning to do Uh, in the future. It's rather, what is it that God, what is God's vision for our lives? What is it that God envisions for us and wants us to do and and to be? And where does he want to take us? How does he want to get us there? So we've been looking at a few things regarding that. So this past Sunday, we were looking at having a vision for transformation, having a vision for the ways that God wants us to be transformed, like it says in Romans chapter 12, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how does that take place? Well, it takes place through the word of God, by the spirit of God, in the people of God. And so we were looking at uh, a great passage in Habakkuk. I really love um, the book of Habakkuk. It's very short. But in the book of Habakkuk, you know, Habakkuk says he hears this vision from God. He kind of wrestles with God over it. He wonders, how can, how can God be fair? And God speaks to him and gives him uh, an answer to many of his questions, and Habakkuk's response is to worship. And there's this great statement of faith that Habakkuk makes at the very end of his book, where he says, you know, even if there's no fruit on the vines, even if there's no cattle in the barns, which for an agrarian society, that of course means, that would be like for us losing your job, losing your house, etc. He says, even if These things happen, I will still worship him because he is the God of my salvation. So it's just an incredible thing to see how the Word of God transformed the heart of Habakkuk, and it does the same thing in our lives as well. So, one of the things that we've been challenging our church to do this week, and I want to challenge you, all listeners here on Calvary Live, to do as well, is we're challenging people here at the beginning of the year to read through the entire Bible this year, find a Bible reading plan. On YouVersion Bible app or there's so many out there and they're available and they're free really encourage you to find a Bible reading plan and read through the Bible this year because the scriptures are God's inspired means of revelation and transformation and we want to get into them and see what God will do in our lives. So um, that is what we're studying this weekend. We're going to be looking at a vision that Isaiah had in Isaiah chapter 1 verse or verses 1 through 8 where or sorry Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 8 where he sees this vision of the Lord and whereas prior to that Isaiah had been going around saying woe is you now he says woe is me I am lost you know I am a man of unclean lips I dwell among a people of unclean lips it says that the Lord responded to him in that moment and cleansed him and then asked him who will go who can I send and he says Send me, I will go. What's funny is that Isaiah responds to the Lord's call without actually knowing what God is calling him to do. But I love that attitude of saying, I am fully surrendered to the Lord, no matter what it is that he's going to call me to do. You know, a a friend of mine um, and really a pioneer of of the gospel-centered churches and Bible-centered, Bible-teaching churches here in Colorado was uh, my pastor and my mentor. His name is Tom Stipe. I went to Tom's church and it was uh, Tom's church who sent me out as a missionary and later on ordained me as a pastor. And uh, Tom's church is called Crossroads Church of Denver. Of course, the church is still there, but my uh, friend and mentor, Tom Stipe, just passed away last Thursday night. And, um, you know, he was sick. He was battling cancer, but it was still very sad to see him go. And I just... This past week, I've been flooded with so many memories of things that Tom has taught me over the years. And just in, res- in, in regard to what I was saying about Isaiah, saying yes to the Lord before he actually knew what God was calling him to do, uh, I remember this thing that Tom always used to say to me, and not just to me. I know he said it to many people, but he said, I want my life to be like a penny in God's pocket that he can spend wherever and however it pleases him best. I just think that is such a freeing and such a revolutionary statement. When you say, God, I want my life to be spent by you in the way that pleases you best. Think about how freeing that is. That sets you free to be able to say that, uh, you know, whether God calls me to do uh, something that seems small to me, or whether he calls me to do something that's humongous and big, whether he calls me, you know, to, to do something, Uh, simple and faithful for many years, whether he calls me to work in a certain job or whether he calls me to serve in a certain way, whatever it is, however God wants my life to be spent, I just want to be a penny in his pocket that he can spend wherever it pleases him most. And that is what will bring me the greatest joy and contentment. So I I just thought that's such a a fabulous thought that um, Tom taught us and and left us with. Um, So yeah, Tom was the pastor of... of, um, Crossroads Church of Denver over in Wheat Ridge right now, and when I was 16 years old, you know, I I found myself in Tom's church, and over the course of the next few years, God used Tom and that church to change my life, and uh, took me from a kid who was walking in the doors interested to learn more about Jesus, and they sent me out as a pastor and a missionary, you know, so I'm uh, so grateful for the work that God has done through uh, Tom and Mary Ellen over at Crossroads Church of Denver and Tom is going to be missed and so you should be praying for Crossroads Church of Denver that church You know, they were the first Calvary Chapel here in Colorado And they paved the way for so many others of us who have come and done ministry uh, With the Calvary Chapel network of churches over these many years So be praying for Crossroads Church of Denver and for the Stipe family as they grieve the loss of their patriarch and really uh, someone who is so influential in this area Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today uh, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Give me a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our first caller here, David in Denver, Colorado. Hi, David. Welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. What's up?
1: Hey,
2: thanks for having me. Um, so I was wondering, in Matthew 5 and 16, or Matthew 5 and 15 through 16, mm-hmm. uh, well, it says, it says like, let, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and that you will glorify your Father who is in heaven. Um, I was wondering if that's different from, if the principle is different from Matthew 6 and 3, which says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, my question is: is just in our culture, it seems like, you know, I see a lot of social media videos of people helping one another, but it's recorded, and I just don't know if like that method glorifies God, if especially if you're like doing it in 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 Jesus' name, but you know does that method glorify god to where it spreads and people like the video and people are inspired by the video or are you or is it is it you know giving to the needy you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand's doing so you should not you should not film it you should give in secret and you know it just seems like the first one says let your light shine and i just don't know if he's if, if it gets technical at that point but um, the first one seems to be like, let your light shine, but the second one seems to be, you know, being secret. So yeah. I don't know if I'm making that clear, but, no, you know, okay, it, I'm just wondering.
0: Yeah. No, you know, yeah. David, you bring up such a really good point. Let me uh, tell you that this is, let, let's put it this way. In the Bible, what we're given is not a manual for what to do in every situation, as much as we are given principles, gospel kingdom principles, and sometimes those kingdom principles seem to overlap, right? Like, in this this is a perfect example of that, where we have, in one case, someone saying, you know, Jesus, of course, saying, uh, let your light shine so that people see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And then, on the other hand, saying, hey, when you do good works, in the case of giving to the needy, do it in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Well, those almost seem to be contradictory, but they're not contradictory. What we have here is... um. Two statements which are true in certain situations. This is very similar to like what we have in the Proverbs. What we have in the Proverbs are uh, wisdom for life and principles for life and the way that the world works. And in some cases, you're going to want to apply one principle, and in other cases, you might want to apply the other principle. And the Mm -hmm. question would be, how do we know which principle to apply? And the answer is, that in order to know which is the right principle for the situation, we need to be walking hand in hand with the Lord. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. You could put it this way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I buy a manual to fix my washing machine, well, it, I look up in the table of contents. Here's my problem. Go to page 43 and page 43 tells me here are the steps to fix that problem. That would be like a manual. Now, now, what God has given with us with the Bible is not a manual, but it's something better, and here's why: because it requires us to be in relationship with Him, and it requires a dynamism, like a dynamic relationship with Him. So, mm-hmm. it in it, it, some ways, sometimes it's almost like we want a manual. We want to know if I'm having this problem in my marriage, you know, turn to page one thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. and it's going to answer that question for me and tell me the five steps I need to do to fix it. Um, uh-huh. But rather than doing that, what the Bible does is gives us principles. And then God would say, see me for more details on how to apply those principles. I will tell you this, that when it comes to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that is the Sermon on the Mount. And if we look at what Jesus is saying there, over and over there's one repeated theme. And that is that the the Pharisees and the religious people of Jesus' day, they were always looking at the outward thing. But what he's saying here is that God sees more than the outward things, and he cares about more than just the outward things. He sees your heart, and he cares about your heart. And so the, the, the reason why Jesus can say on the one hand, you know, let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And then in the next breath say, when you give to the needy, do it in secret so that your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The context for that, for the needy part, is that he's speaking in contrast to those who do good works in order to be praised by others. In fact, he says that in chapter six, verse two, he says, do not do it as the hypocrites do so that they may be praised by others. And so it really is a question of not just what's in your hands and what you do with your hands. It's a question of what's in your heart. And so mm-hmm. that's really something that gets to be, you know, as far as people making YouTube videos, right? Like that's just an example, but you know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to know what is motivating this person to make that video. Are they motivating mm-hmm. it because they want God to get the glory? Or are they motivating it because they want other people to pat them on the back? That's mm-hmm. probably outside of our, that's a, out, outside of our pay grade to answer that question accurately. Mm-hmm. However, That's something between them and God. And it's also something between you and me and God when we do things, right? When we, uh, let's say we give to something or we lead an outreach. On the one hand, it is good for people to know that Christians are doing these things. On the other hand, um, we have to check and say, "Why why am I broadcasting this? The other thing that happens with this is that you can have what can be considered kind of toxic charity, where you're so... Uh, focused on wanting to let other people know about the awesome things that you're doing, that you end mm-hmm. up really doing something that um, hurts or shame, causes shame on the part of the person who's being helped. So, for example, um, yeah. you know, you see examples of this where like people will say, "Hey, we're giving all these Christmas gifts to these poor people," and here's a picture of me giving something to this poor person. You know, how's that poor person feel? They're like, "Oh, so yeah." I'm just this token poor person and it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I think, I, kind of. <laughs> I, I think that when we give to people, when we do things, we want to be promoting their dignity. We want to be helping them and not doing anything that glorifies us at the expense of somebody else. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So th- those are basically my thoughts yeah. on the topic.
2: That's great. Um, that's good principles. I'll continue to pray about it, and I appreciate you d- diving into that for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure.
2: Uh, yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah. Thanks for having me, and uh hope to hear more from you. <laughs> awesome. I'll keep listening. Thank you, guys. Cool.
0: God bless you. All right, bye-bye. God bless Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. It looks like we have uh, two open lines right now, so it'd be a good time for you to call in with your prayer requests and your questions. Love to answer those for you, and um, yeah, pray for your prayer requests and uh, and answer your Bible questions. So give me a call again, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or text us, 720-336-0897. I'm your host every Friday on Calvary Live. Today uh, is Wednesday. It's usually hosted by Pastor Ed Taylor, but he is not in town today, or not in the studio at least today. And uh, so I am filling in for him today. I'll also be filling in tomorrow, and I look forward to connecting with you all and answering your Bible questions and praying for your prayer requests. Let's go over to our text line while we're waiting for more calls to come in, and we will pray Uh, for these prayer requests that have come in over the text line. Someone texts and says, Please pray for our nation and all elected officials. We need God's help to get through this crisis. May God's will be done in our country and pray for God's protection for everyone in the D.C. area. Pray that God would help us. Yeah, absolutely agreeing with you. And let's do that right now. Lord, we lift up to you our nation here in the United States. Lord, we do pray for all the things going on with the coronavirus crisis and I'm sorry not with the coronavirus crisis with the political crisis and Lord we ask that you would uh, please let there be a good outcome in this situation. Lord we pray for um, the Capitol building being broken into by protesters. Lord we pray that there would be a uh, no damage done, Lord, and at least no further damage. We also pray that there would be no further violence and no further injuries that take place. So we pray for a peaceful resolution to this. We pray that there would be justice that would reign in our country. We pray that there would be peace in our country as well. But we do pray for all the elected officials, as your word tells us to. Um, Lord, we pray for them. Not because of their character, Lord, we pray for them because in your sovereignty and in your providence, you have allowed them to be in the places that they are at. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless them, be with them, and let them serve the people for, their, for our good. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray that your will would be done in our nation. And we pray for this crisis that's going on, Lord. We pray for those who are on the ground, first responders and police as well, Lord, that they would have um, strength, that they would have stamina, that they would have wisdom, with how they respond. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, uh, big things going on right now in Washington. And uh, unfortunate to see everything that's happening, very saddening. And um, it reminds me of a passage that I was reading today, just speaking about the wisdom that is from above. So I just want to read it to you guys while you're listening. And uh, in the meantime, we will go to, um, we will, Just give you the numbers to call once again. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 to call in with your Bible questions and prayer requests. And you can also call us, or you can also text us, 720-336-0897. Here's the Bible verse I wanted to read to you. This is from James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false in the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Uh, We are about to go to our mid-show break. Let's look at our next text message that's come in. And I had a message on here about um, about Lot and a question regarding Lot, and I seem to have lost it. If that was you, I'd love to hear from you again, and I I think I got enough of the question that I'll be able to answer it right after the break. Uh, Before we go to our break, we have time to pray for this prayer request. Someone's asking for physical healing and a good night's sleep. Heavenly Father, we ask, that in your uh, divine ability, Lord, you would cause this person to have physical healing from what ails them. And Lord, you would help them to have a good night's sleep and true rest when they're in their body, in their mind, and in their spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Give us a call during the break. We'll get you on right afterwards, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today on the air taking your calls and texts. The number to call with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests is 303 690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line 720-336-0897. We have all open lines right now, so that is a good time for you to call in with your questions um, and your prayer requests if you've been having one of those and you want to uh, take this opportunity to have that answered, I'd love to hear from you. And so again, one more time is 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, 303-690-3000, or text us 720-336-0897. We're going to go over to our text line. We've got a lot of text messages today, not a lot of phone calls, so let's see what the text messages say. Uh, One person writes in and says, when Lot moved into Sodom, And developed his family, are we we to assume that his family members were participating in the Sodom wicked ways of life? If they were not, then why didn't God rescue the Lot family more willingly than what seemed to be when Abraham had to beg him? Just 10 people. And this is from someone named Terry. Yeah, so this is a great question for those who want the context. This is found in the book of Genesis. I'm going to look for the exact chapter. It's chapter 18. Uh, yeah, it looks like this is chapter 18, where uh, Genesis 18, Lot um, is in Sodom. So just a, a little bit of background for those who may not be as familiar with this passage. Lot had a nephew named so- uh, nephew named Lot, who I'm sorry, Abraham had a nephew named Lot who came out of his home area towards the land of Canaan. Now they were from a place called Ur of the Chaldees, and they were. Abraham specifically was called by God to leave his home and his family and go to the land that God would show him and God led him to the land of Canaan which is modern-day Israel and when they got there you know Abraham and Lot both had a lot of flocks and herds they were kind of ranchers and so they said hey this area is you know we, we need to split up because we've got you know you've got a lot of animals I've got a lot of animals and a lot of ranch hands and all that stuff so uh, Abraham said to Lot "You you choose I'll let you choose You know, will you go to the, in this case it was the east, towards the Jordan River Valley, or will you go towards the west, which is actually more deserty? And of course Lot, having the first choice, chooses to go towards the east. The only problem was that in the east there was a large city, or rather two cities, called Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot moves, it says that first he pitched his tents towards Sodom, then it says that he was moving towards Sodom, and then next thing we know, we read that Lot is now sitting in the gates of Sodom. Now, that's important uh, fact or important information because the gates are where the leaders of the city would sit. And so we see that Lot has not only, um, you know, not only moved towards the city, which was full of immorality in this case, um, but he is now deeply involved in the inner workings of the city. Now, to answer your question, do we know if him and his family members were participating in their wicked way of life? We don't know that. In fact, I would say that we can say that they were not. And there is a reason why I say that, which is that when God, uh, Abraham's prayer for Sodom in Genesis 18, he begins praying and he says a very interesting thing, which is actually really important for how we think about the rest of the Bible. He says, Lord, you would not uh, destroy The righteous together with the wicked would you he said in your justice you you wouldn't do that shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right is literally what he says he says far be it from you and and the Lord says okay if I find 50 righteous people I will spare the whole place so God is saying if I find 50 righteous people now remember Lot and his family that's like five or I guess that would be four people that we know of for sure and so Apparently, what we see is then the number keeps going down. Okay, suppose I find 45. Okay, say I find 40. Say I find 20. Say I find even 10. And at that point, uh, God said, okay, 10. And I won't, won't destroy the city of Sodom. But then what happens? Well, God does destroy the city of Sodom, which tells us one thing, which is that there were not 10 righteous people in Sodom but we do know that there were at least some righteous people just less than 10 and that was Lot's family. And here's why? Because God pulls Lot and his family out of the city before he destroys it, which gets back to Abraham's original point is that God in his justice would not destroy the righteous together with the wicked. Right? We see the same principle taking place with Noah, where God is going to bring what we would call a temporal judgment, which means a judgment upon the earth and, and dealing with things that are happening on the earth. So God's going to bring a temporal judgment upon this, um, this place at this time, or, or in this case, the whole world with Noah. And what does he do? Well, there's these righteous people. And rather than judging the righteous together with the wicked, he puts the righteous in this boat that they make and he saves them. Now, this is a picture of something else that we see later on in the Bible, which is something called the rapture. And so like we look at the New Testament, we see that these are actually really important principles that point forward to the rapture, which is what? Well, it's the time when God is going to pour out judgment upon the earth for the and again temporal judgment. So this is not spiritual judgment to heaven or hell. This is temporal judgment upon those who are living on the earth for the wickedness that has taken place on the earth. That is what we call the great tribulation, the time when God will pour out the bowls of wrath that we read about in the book of Revelation. And what is the principle that we see there again? That rather than judging the righteous with the wicked, those who have been declared righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, then we will be those who are alive, like it says in First Thessalonians four, will be removed from the earth at that time, uh, as God judges the uh, wickedness of the earth during that time. So it's a, it, these these are kind of foreshadowings and pictures of what God is going to do in the rapture. So my opinion, I don't believe that Lot and his family got involved in the wicked way of Sodom. I do believe there was there had to be some degree, though, of compromise that was taking place. With Lot, you could put it this way, with him not speaking up against the evils of Sodom, but rather kind of becoming involved in the politics of the place. Um, There must have been some degree of compromise that was taking place. So I don't think, though, that they got into the wickedness because they end up being rescued, which tells us that they are righteous. But we also know Lot is referred to as righteous Lot in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, which again, lends us to believe that uh, or leads us to believe that Lot was not involved in their sinful activities. So thank you for that great question. Really good one. And I'm uh, glad that we could answer that for you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today answering your Bible questions and praying for your prayer requests here on the air. Give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text me at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We've got a few more text messages that have come in, but I would love to hear from you Uh, Via voice calls. So we've got all open lines right now still and give me a call with your questions about things going on in your life Questions about the Bible and your prayer requests 303-690-3000 Hey, I had a great phone call today. I was contacted by somebody out on the eastern plains of Colorado Uh, For those of you who might be familiar with the eastern plains these would be the towns of Akron, Otis, Yuma, Eckley, Ray and it looks like a Brush, Colorado, that whole area out there, and it's some people who are wanting to start a Calvary Chapel church in the, that area, serving those communities around Yuma and Ray and Brush and a few all the communities in between there. If that's something that you would be interested in being involved in or knowing more about, I would love it if you would send me a text message here at the show 720-336-0897 just kind of trying to right now they're just trying to set to lay the groundwork and and see if there is uh interest if God is doing something there out in those farming communities. So if you're from the that area, if you're listening out in that area, Give us a a text message and let us know, and we could help you get connected over there. But excited to see how um, God is growing his kingdom through the planting of new churches as well. So uh, definitely check that out. And the number to call, again, sorry, the number to text if you're interested is 720-336-0897. Let's go over to some more text questions. One person texts in and asks... In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 are we talk, are those literal animal sacrifices let's go ahead and look at that passage and then it will be able to answer that question for you okay in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, verse 26 it says this if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Okay. So the context for the book of Hebrews is that the writer, and we don't know exactly who the writer was, but the writer is writing to Jewish people who had become Christians and yet they were experiencing persecution for their Christian faith. And many of them were considering abandoning Christianity and going back to Their old way, which was Judaism, which would include making sacrifices at the temple. Now, this is this is um, pretty interesting because um, that means that this was written while the temple was still intact. Now, the temple was destroyed and has not been rebuilt since it was destroyed. And it was destroyed in the year 70 A.D. by Titus and the Roman army who came in to kind of quell a rebellion in 70 AD, and they destroyed the temple. Now, what this tells is that the book of Hebrews was written before that took place, which meant that, you know, from the time of Jesus on, that Christians were living in an environment in Israel where the temple was still standing and sacrifices were still being made. Now, these there were seven different sacrifices that were made. Some of the sacrifices were for sin and guilt offerings. Other sacrifices were for Fellowship offerings, like representing fellowship with God and dedication of yourself to God. But there were a few sacrifices, like the the guilt offering and the sin offering, which were given for uh, covering up sin. Now, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us in chapters 9 and 10 specifically is that those sacrifices pointed forward to the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus would make, but that Jesus' sacrifice is the sacrifice to end all sacrifices, and that it is absolutely, in other words, inappropriate for Christians to go on making sacrifices for sins, animal sacrifices at this time, because Jesus has made the sacrifice to which all those sacrifices pointed, and the sacrifice to end the sacrificial system. And so uh, what he's saying here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, is he's saying, hey, if you have come to have faith in Jesus and then you have turned away from Jesus, there is no other sacrifice that can be made. If you're going to try and go back to animal sacrifices, those are not going to be able to deal with your sins. Only the sacrifice of Jesus can deal with your sins and, and, and forever cleanse you of your your sinfulness, your unrighteousness. Therefore, to reject the sacrifice of Jesus is a huge mistake, and there's no other sacrifice. What, what other sacrifice are you going to turn to? No animal sacrifice could ever be enough, and there could never be another, you know, God incarnate come to sacrifice himself for you. And so what he's telling them is, it is absolutely foolish for you to turn away from Jesus. You're you're doing the worst thing you could possibly do, and, and don't do it. There's no other sacrifice that can uh, take care of sin. So uh, I hope that answers your question, and uh, it's a good one. Thanks for, thanks for texting in. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000, or you can text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go over to Dwight in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Dwight. Welcome to the program. Dwight, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Okay. Hey, Dwight, you're on the air. Oh, okay. Uh, Hi, Nick. I think
1: this is my first time calling in to your program because of the timing.
0: Glad to have you. uh,
1: Yeah, it's pretty busy this time of the day. However, uh, I had a question about the amount of people, uh, Christians, getting saved during the tribulation because the Bible says, had God not shortened the day." Even the very elect wouldn't make it. And I have one more question, and that is, in 2 Thessalonians, uh, I'm sure that, I think it's the 2nd chapter, 10th verse, but it says that because you receive not the love of the truth, that you might be saved, God is going to send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, mm-hmm. who is he referring to?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to look up the passage real quick. So he says Second Thessalonians 2, verse 10, is that what you said? I think that Yeah, component. so it's talking about the man of lawlessness. Okay, well so let's just talk about a little context real quick for the uh books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Uh the Thessalonians had been told by somebody who was teaching them and this is one of the things that Paul is writing them to correct is that Jesus had already returned. This was like the big thing that that they they like wrote Paul and they're like hey, so somebody told us that Jesus already returned, and we're really upset because that means that we missed it. And so in his first letter, Paul says, no, no, you did not miss it. Uh, Jesus has not yet returned. When he does, you will not miss it. And then in the second one, he writes to them and he gives them a little more information. Perhaps they wrote him back and he's responding to another question. We're not exactly sure. But he does say there in chapter two, verse one, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. So he says, do not be quickly shaken or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to come from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So they're still dealing with the fact of saying, uh, some people have told us that Jesus already came back and we missed it. And here's what he says in verse three. So this context is so important. He says, let no one deceive you, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Okay, so what's he saying there? He's saying, look, you will know that that Jesus is coming back because before Jesus comes back, there's going to be a, a great rebellion. Now, what is that great rebellion? It's something that's also been referred to as the great apostasy you know, turning away from the Lord, meaning in mass, people will turn away from the Lord. And the man of lawlessness will be revealed, the son of destruction. So clearly this is talking about the mystery of lawlessness, the man of lawlessness, son of destruction. Uh, This is speaking of the one that we call the Antichrist. And So so going down to verse 10, you asked, um, with all the wicked deception of those who are perishing because they refuse the love of the truth, then God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who do not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So who is this saying that, um, will be deceived? Well, these would be people who, um, let's put it this way. They are not believers. And so I think that, it's, that what it's saying is that there will be a great division and it will become very clear. Basically people who have been on the fence There will be something that comes, and it will be a delusion. Many people will believe it. These are people who have not been, uh, let's say, chosen by God, and these are people who have not chosen to follow God, and they, they instead believe the delusion. I believe that.
1: Yeah, that's what I have believed on that, that they're going to be sent. There's no way that they can be saved. So as far as the amount of Christians during the Tribulation getting saved, what's your view? Is it a lot? Do you, What do you think about that?
0: I do think it will be a lot. Um, I don't know, you know, proportionally how many it will be, but I do believe that it will be significant. And one of the reasons I believe that is because, you know, when we read about the hundred and forty-four thousand that we read about in the Book of Revelation, if you look closer at what those are, those are hundred forty-four thousand of the Jewish tribes. So these are Jewish people, and what will their job be? Their job will be to bear witness. Of the truth of the gospel, so these are one hundred and forty-four thousand Jewish evangelists. Now, I'll just be honest; like, I can't even, I, I don't know if there are currently like one hundred and forty-four thousand evangelists in the world. Maybe there are, but they're certainly not, um, you know, really in your face and active. So right. the idea that there would be one hundred and forty-four thousand evangelists out evangelizing and and really taking the gospel forward. I think is is really exciting and that tells us that I think that many people will be saved I think that many people will it will be like the ultimate wake-up call You know this tribulation. I think that's even the purpose of it is is it's to be this last great You know time when God is Mm -hmm. saying wake up See see what's happening see that the end is near and I'm giving you in my mercy one last chance to repent and believe i personally think that that will be a great revival a great time of turning people turning to the lord i hope so doesn't it show how beautiful our lord is he is oh, so merciful and so good for sure <laughs> he is
1: wonderful thanks thanks for your, your view on that i appreciate that
0: yeah and thanks for the call great question yeah, thank you right. bye. god bless you bye-bye well you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church we got a lot of questions here. on the call-in line right at the end of the show. So let's go to line two, Dave in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the program. Dave, I can hear myself echoing, so I assume that you're there. Well, let's put Dave back on hold, and we'll go over to Dustin in DeCono, Colorado. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the program. Dustin. Okay, well, it looks like we... Okay, we're going back to Dave. Sorry, Dave and Parker. Looks like Dave had a question about Romans 3.23 and how it applies to several biblical issues. Looks like we've lost Dave and Dustin, which is unfortunate. Uh, If they do come back, we'll get them back on the line. We're going to go back over to Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Are you there?
3: Uh, Yes. Can you guys hear me?
0: I can hear you now. How are you?
3: (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you doing, Pastor?
0: Doing great. What can we do for you?
3: Uh, hi, uh, I I had a question um, on kind of in the same context about the book of Revelation. Okay, I was uh, so I was just kind of wondering, just like for people who are like listening and interested about the book of Revelation. So, you, just kind of a general question. So, in the book of Revelation, we see that there's seven seals seven trumpets and then seven bowls of wrath is that that's correct right yes okay so here my question is 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 god so is this like is this like god's time to judge mankind and is and is the reason is is god does god do the judging or does he allow do you think that he allows mankind to kind of judge themselves, like, you know, like, stuff, the disasters that are happening? Do you think that he just allows them to happen, you know, as part of judgments? Or is, or is every single part, like, like the Antichrist, for example? Do you think, do you think that he allows, like, the Antichrist to come to power, or do you think he kind of, you know, he kind of puts them there, you know? Like, you know, yeah, do you so, get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, so you're asking... Are these things passive actions or are they active actions right like I can I can yeah. turn turn a blind eye to something and let it happen or I can uh, actively cause it to happen it's a good question it's one that a lot of people struggle with because on the one hand we're told that God is not the um, author of evil and yet on the other hand like in this passage we just read from second Thessalonians two verse ten I mean it's almost it's one of these things that, that causes us to pause for a second. When we read, it literally says, therefore, God will send them a strong delusion. Okay, so the sending, I mean, that, isn't, that is not a passive thing. It's not God allowing them to have a delusion. It's God sending a delusion for a purpose. Now, I think that when you look at the, the judgment there in Revelation, it's also very active. I mean, these are what we even refer to as acts of God right we are talking about meteors falling from the sky and hitting the earth we're talking about other uh, great difficulties now on the other hand there will be wars and in a way you could say it's God removing his hand of protection kind of allowing things to just go their terrible course because of the, the curse that we're under in sin and the way that our human hearts um, are aligned naturally but on the other hand, we do see that some of these actions are very much the direct act- active work of God. Um, and, and here's what I would say to that, is that uh, are these things evil? Well, in this case, no, justice is not evil. And it is God's prerogative alone to carry out judgment on a world that has turned its back on him and, and done wicked things. You know, And so um, I think that this is... Um, just a a good example, like you bring up, um, is God passively allowing judgment to happen? Is he actively doing it? I'd say it's both. And, you know, to diminish the importance of God actively carrying out judgment is unwise. And and it's not biblical. Mm. Awesome.
3: Yeah, well, that's a... Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that's a I, yeah, that's a good. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. my
0: my pleasure, Dustin. God bless you. Thanks for calling in.
3: Yeah, you have a good day. Thank you, you. too. Bye
0: bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. We're coming up on the last four minutes of our show today. Um, let's go over to our text line, and we'll see. Uh, What other texts have come in? And hopefully we can answer some of them with the time that we have remaining. I'm going to be hosting tomorrow as well. So if you wanted to call in and didn't get on, um, or if you want to join in tomorrow, we'd love to have you. And the the number to call again, 303-690-3000. You can text us at 720-336-0897. Here is another question that came in. Someone asked, what is the difference between Lucifer and Satan? Well, these are these are two names for the same being, right? Sometimes called the enemy, sometimes called the devil. Now, these things all mean things, right? They actually mean uh, different things. So here's, here's the meaning of these terms, if you're ready. Lucifer literally means light, because as we read about in the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel, before Lucifer's fall, before his sin of rebelling against God, We know that Lucifer was an angel of light prior to his fall. He was an angel, and we get the impression that he was a high-ranking angel. And despite his high rank, he was not satisfied with that. He was not satisfied with anything less than dethroning God and taking the throne of God from him. Uh, The word Satan, on the other hand, literally means adversary in Hebrew. So Satan is a Hebrew word, which means adversary. Devil, on the other hand, is a Greek word which means accuser. So these all, in a way, describe who this being is. uh, And he's called by these different names. So devil as accuser tells us what he does. He accuses the brethren, right? He accuses us. In our in our thought life too, we can hear these accusations. You know, you are a sinner. You are not acceptable. You are not loved. You are not. You are worthless. These kinds of things. Those are not the words of God to us. These are the words of the devil, right? We know this from Second Corinthians. Tells us the difference between godly sorrow, which leads to repentance and joy, which basically godly sorrow is sorrow over our sin that leads us to God, so we can experience redemption, re- restoration and joy. And there's ungodly sorrow, which is the sorrow that kind of causes us grief and pushes us away from God. Condemnation, we might say, as opposed to conviction. And and the word there, Satan, adversary, this is someone who is our enemy. He is the enemy of the people of God. and, um, And we read about this like in places like in Ephesians chapter six and elsewhere as well. Hey, we've come up to the end of our show. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I will be with you again tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great evening. And I look forward to connecting with you later this week here on Calvary Live. Make sure to tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time for Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer God's Word.